everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures podcast. We're so happy you're joining us today. We have a really fun show planned for you, so let's get started. We're recording this episode on Sunday, April 7th, 2019. I'm Michelle, and I'm here with my gorgeous, smart, amazing husband, Tom. Oh, thank you, sweetie. And as you can see, I'm kidnapping the show today. (laughs) It's kind of like when Iago took over the tiki room. This podcast is under new management. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. We're in trouble. You know how that went with the tiki room. Right, exactly. So, uh, you know, learning from that mistake, I think I'm going to turn it the, the reins over to Captain My Captain, and <laughs> you have control. Thank you, sweetheart. Good job. Good job leading us off. Uh, excellent job, Michelle. Always does wonderfully, even when she's taking the reins out of my hands at the beginning of the show. Very, very fine job. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome again to the Hyperion Adventures podcast. So glad to have you with us. You found us today. In the future, you can find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. And the best way to get us is to subscribe to us on those sites. Yes. Then it, then you have nothing to worry about. It comes right to you. And we love our subscribers. Mm-hmm. That, that uh, group is growing, and it really touches us that so many of you are out there listening subscribing and we appreciate it Mm -hmm. it's been a fun fun exciting week for us i'll get to that in just a moment we also love hearing from all of you out there if you have the chance a review on one of those sites or a rating would be wonderful it helps other uh, people find this podcast know that this is a decent show and it also helps us improve our performance uh you can contact us as well on twitter at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook and Instagram at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. And you can always email us at Hyperion Adventures Podcast at gmail.com. Right. And we are really thrilled with the, the banter that goes on throughout the week as we, you know, go in between our episodes. And for those of you who have given us feedback, thank you. Thank you. We really appreciate it. Uh, you've really provided us a lot of encouragement, and that is awesome. Yes. We have uh, a fun time out there on social media, especially on Twitter. There's a lot of great other podcasts, a lot of great other bloggers, and of course, you that come along and just help us out. And we just have a wonderful time. This last week was really special for us because uh, this last week, the last episode, uh, our five favorite uh, Disney songs that made us cry was our most down, well, our second most downloaded <laughs> episode within one week. But I throw out the one that had the K-pop band where we suddenly got a surge of K-pop uh, NCT 127 uh, fans that just kind of downloaded us. Like, this was really our one week top downloaded episode and I really appreciate all of you who listened to our show and downloaded it and uh, we're glad that you loved that show. Right. We weren't really 100% sure on the topic how it would be received but um, as Tom mentioned a lot of you did download it um, and a lot of wonderful feedback throughout the week and Twitter. So thank you, everybody. Mm-hmm. Yes, thank you very much. It was really wonderful and really surprising to see the outpouring of affection for that episode. We really, really appreciate it. We also ran a poll this week on Twitter uh, using that when we referenced ourselves and our listeners. Three, There was three songs that came out with the most votes uh, throughout that. And so we put them out there as a poll to finally decide which one was the number one song. And those three songs were Remember Me, Feed the Birds, and When She Loved Me. So I put that out there as a Twitter poll just to finally decide which was the <laughs> Disney song that made us cry that was the best. And it was overwhelmingly easy. Remember Me won far and away. Uh, when She Loved Me came in 
second a little ways back and feed the birds was kind of close to them but right. really it was remember me all the way so remember me is the song yeah uh, probably outside of baby mine of course which right. we eliminated from that True. poll uh that would really affected people the most so very interesting right and great song too and i, I don't think uh, we could argue with that because i think that song mm-hmm. definitely you know hit us as well and it was number 1 on your list and number right. 2 on mine so yeah. it makes total sense so exactly. enough about last week let's get to this week we have a ton of stuff for you today, including our spoiler-free free review of Shazam. I know it's not Disney, but, you know, it's kind of a film that I thought many of you might want to go see, so we are going to review that for you, spoiler-free. Right. Uh, there's some villain fun coming to the Walt Disney yeah. World Resort this summer, and Marvel hits a couple of big milestones this week, but let's get to our main topic of the week, and this one's going to be a fun one. We are going to be talking Disneyland for the Walt Disney World fan. All who come to this happy place, welcome. Disneyland is your land. Here age relives fond memories of the past. And here youth may savor the challenge and promise of the future. Disneyland is dedicated to the ideals, the dreams, and the hard facts that have created America. With the hope that it will be a source of joy and inspiration to all the world. Thank you. And, of course, it has become a source of joy and inspiration for the entire world. I think you would agree, Michelle. Absolutely. It's the happiest place on earth. <laughs> no question about that. <laughs> so this is why we decided to to do this uh, because, you know, um, well, I came from the West Coast, so I grew up going to Disneyland. Uh, so I understand Disneyland. It's kind of what I know. But Michelle grew up on the East Coast, and uh, so she had a little bit different impression on it, didn't she, Michelle? Right. My first time was pretty disappointing and and sadly it could have been prevented it was just that my expectations of what the park had and looked like were not properly set and we actually have some really dear friends that are Walt Disney World loving people and they're making their first trip out this year to Disneyland and so we thought this might be a helpful topic for them as well as others who are making their first time visit to Disneyland. Yeah, because it really can be. If you're used to Walt Disney World and never been to Disneyland, it can be a real culture shock to you. And if you're not prepared for it, if you don't know what to expect, if you don't know how to go about it, uh, it may be disappointing to you. You spend a lot of money, you go out there, you're all excited about it, and it may be a little bit of a disappointment because it just is a different, different world. Right. There are differences. There are some really wonderful differences Mm -hmm. as a part of it. But if your expectation is uh, like comparing apples to apples, it, there are some differences that if you're planned for it, you can actually look to appreciate it. Right. So let's get to it. We're going to start with just getting to Disneyland. Let's say if you're flying in, wherever, however you're traveling into Disneyland, we're going to tell you how to get there first before we actually start talking about the parks themselves. So uh, interesting thing, uh, I'm going to talk about this mostly right here because I know the area fairly well, having grown up in <laughs> Southern California for most of my life. Uh, there are actually, a, if you're flying in, a lot of different airports you can fly into. LAX, of course, is the biggest and it's going to have the most available flights from around the country into. Uh, the closest to Disneyland itself is Orange County Airport, which is John Wayne Airport. Uh, there's also Long Beach Airport, Burbank Airport. Airport. Ontario is you can go into, and where we are closest to, which is San Diego. You can fly into any of these airports, and you're within at least a cup, just a couple hours of Disneyland. So um, let's talk about if you go into there. I'm going to start with if you fly into the most common pl- ways you would fly in would be to LAX 
or to John Wayne, which is Orange County Airport. Right. LAX is a bit farther away. It's, uh, I want to say it's like 36 miles away, but it seems like it's 106 miles right. away because of LA traffic. <laughs> so just be prepared for that. Uh, there's a couple ways you can do this. There's the Disneyland Resort Express. Now, it's not like the Magical Express that you know very well from Walt Disney World. Uh, you actually have to pay for this. It's not, it doesn't come with a resort stay. It's not free. You actually have to pay for this, but you don't need to make a reservation ahead of time if this is how you want to get there. Uh, you can go there at LAX. It's from LAX. It's thirty dollars one way, forty eight dollars round trip per person uh, for anyone over the year age of eleven. For children three to eleven, it's nine dollars and fourteen dollars one way and round trip. So it's not a horrible way right. to go. Um, it's it's actually uh, not bad thing. Uh, if you want to go from John Wayne, it's twenty dollars one way, uh, thirty five dollars round trip. Uh, and like I said, you don't need reservations. You just need to find it, soap up the desk, and say this is what I want to do, and they'll put you in the right direction and you go and you're, nice. you're on your way. Uh, another way you might look about getting there is by a rental car. Um, depending on, in Southern California, there's actually a lot of things to do. Yes, you want to go see Disneyland, but if you want to go explore Hollywood or some of the other theme parks that are around town or whatever you want to look at, uh, there are other ways uh, to do that as well. You can get a rental car. Now, the one thing you want to take into account is wherever you're staying at the Disneyland Resort because there are parking fees for many, including the, the Disneyland right. Resort hotels. There are parking fees. There are a few that have free parking, though. We know one that we go to that has free parking. So keep an eye on that um, and look into that as a part of your as your monetary of your budget going into this. Uh, they also have plenty of shuttles that go there. Prices vary. Shop around for the best deal. There's also coupons you can find. Uh, if you uh, search... For when you when you're looking to buy this thing, if you happen to search for going to from the airport to a Disneyland hotel, Disneyland nearby hotel, as opposed to Disneyland front gate, sometimes that is less expensive. So you might want to check tip. that out when you go out there. Uh, you can also Uber or Lyft. It's it can be a little expensive from LAX. Usually it's not horrible. It's uh, for UberX. It's usually around thirty-seven to forty-nine dollars, which isn't bad for depending on your family and the size right. and what you have. But if you get there at the wrong time, at peak time, I saw prices go from seventy-seven to one hundred and two dollars. Wow. So it's a little more expensive if you come at the wrong time. Uh, Lyft is usually a little bit less expensive than that. Uh, from John Wayne Airport, uh, the average is twenty-two to twenty-nine dollars for UberX. So okay. not bad, and that's I actually recommend that because John Wayne is not that far away. You're, you're actually relatively close. Right. Uh, you can also hire a limo. You can also shop around for that uh, or a town car. Those are possibilities. You want to go more in style. Would not suggest a taxi from LAX <laughs> uh, because they say that those are probably about $88 one way and that's if you're lucky and the traffic is really, really nice. It can go way up from there and you have no way of knowing what that price is going to end up being. Right. Uh, not as bad a, a, an option from John Wayne because again, it's a smaller trip and you can get there much quicker. Uh, if you're flying into San Diego, here's an interesting way you can get there if you want to. Yes, you can rent a car, there's shuttles, whatever. Those can get kind of expensive because San Diego is a little ways away. But you can easily take the Amtrak, take the Pacific Surfliner from down at San Diego. All you have to do is go from the airport. It's a quick uh, rideshare, Lyft or Uber, to the uh, Santa Fe Depot. And then it's just the Pacific Surfliner straight in Anaheim. They have a public transit from there. Or you can also do another Lyft or Uber. And it's another five-minute 
trip from there. It's really, really easy to do, and I highly recommend it if you don't want to get a car and if you want to fly into San Diego, maybe if you want to see some of San Diego before you get up there, or on your way back if you want to see some San Diego on your way out of there. Highly recommend it. They also have... Uh, the uh, coaster and the Metrolink, which you can use as well. Yes, right. Michelle. Going on the train is a lot of fun. It, you know, trains are fun anyways, but the this is a pretty scenic route because you're going pretty close to the ocean a lot of the way. And so it gives you some wonderful views. You can just sit back, relax. Uh, you have Wi-Fi there. You have plugins at every seat if you need to charge your phone or computer or anything like that. So, um, we actually love the train. Yeah, we don't love do it, it. We don't do it often enough because of the times we're going, and right. you know. But if you don't care about like scheduling the time on the train or whatever, it's really enjoyable. They have a drink and food car, so you can pick up a snack, you can pick up a glass of wine or whatever to drink. You can right. get stuff for the kids to eat. It's really a good time, and I uh, highly recommend that if you're happening to go from San Diego. There's also some places from LA that you can get there too if you happen to be flying into. I think Burbank, you can get there uh, through there, but. Uh, we, we know it mostly for San Diego. Now, as far as choosing a hotel, uh, you have to think about Disneyland completely different than Walt Disney World uh, because of the fact that the Walt Disney World Resort, as Michelle likes to say, you're kind of in that bubble of, you yes. know, that Walt Disney World <laughs> bubble, which is a happy bubble. It's really fun. It's a really good bubble to be in. Uh, Disneyland, you're really right in the middle of Anaheim. And they, they, there really is, it's very much city. It is a city. There exactly. isn't that... Uh, that uh, separation from the rest of the world like you get at the Walt Disney World Resort. So uh, know that going in. So, of course, there's only three uh, Disneyland Resort hotels to choose from. That's the Grand Californian, which is the nicest, the Disneyland Hotel, which is the classic one, and the Paradise Pier Hotel, which is a little bit more less expensive. They all are very expensive, right. though, but you do get some perks with them. We'll talk about that in a little bit. However, there are some nice... Uh, hotels, motels around the area. You have to pay attention when you're shopping for them. You need to look at them, check out reviews because they vary uh, wide, wildly. Exactly. Uh, if you go for the best thing you can do is definitely go for a Disney uh, Good Neighbor Hotel because that at least Disneyland has kind of verified with them that they're a decent place. They're relatively clean. They, they will act well. And you can even get, buy tickets there at some sure. of any of those hotels. So uh, check that out. But definitely check into reviews of all these hotels because they vary by a large amount. And also check into like if it costs, if you're driving there, if, it, if there's a charge to park there, if the breakfast is included, all sorts of stuff like that are important when you're choosing a hotel nearby. But there are a lot to choose from. So right. yeah, that's a benefit. So, right. Uh, so that's the look at how to get there and where to stay. But uh, we need to move on to more from Michelle about Disneyland. Right. Great summary, honey. And, you know, I think the, the main takeaway from that is just knowing the expectations are different than when you're traveling into Orlando and getting to the parks there and the types of hotels that are available. So some of the other differences have to do with things that you would um, consider in preparation. One of them is dining reservations. Disneyland dining reservations is 60 days in advance. I know at Disney World, it's much longer, uh, but keep that in mind that for Disneyland reservations, it's only 60 days. So it's it's really critical then when you want to, you know, for some of the specialty um, types of reservations, you want to be on it the 60 days in advance. Fast passes are not advance like they are mm -hmm. with Walt Disney World. And Tom's going to go through more details about fast passes, but that's something you don't have to prepare for in advance of your trip. 
The other thing to consider for your trip, though, is park hopping. Park hopping at Disneyland Resort between Disneyland Park and California Adventure Park is super easy. It's almost literally a hop. It is. That's right. I mean, you can definitely go in between from one park to another multiple times throughout the day because they're very, very mm-hmm. close. Um, you're, you're only going through security once. That's the only time you're in a bubble. Right. You're going through security once. So that makes it also easy to go back and forth. Or if you're going to downtown Disney um, and coming back to the parks, it's all within the same security bubble. And so if you want to consider park hopping, that's something that you could you definitely might see an advantage of having the increased um, fee for a park hopper pass, especially if you're going only for one day. You know, you might as well do oh, that. Oh, if you're only going for one day park hop, for sure. For sure. Right. If you're going a couple of days, you can save a little money by doing the one day, one park ticket. Uh, but it is so easy to get across uh, to the parks that I yes. really recommend the park hopper. But if it's one day, forget it. Do the park hopper for sure. There's no question about that yes. to me. Uh, research when you're going into the parks. I kind of know what the difference is. Disneyland Park is not Magic Kingdom. It's similar, but it's not Magic Kingdom. So don't expect Magic Kingdom when you come to Disneyland Park. You know, there'll be a lot of similarities to it, but it's not the same. Uh, scale. For both these parks, this whole area, as we talked about, this small bubble and how easy it is to park hop, uh, it's very small. It's very compact. They packed a lot into a small space there. So going to get to know that and kind of know where things are because there's only two parks and because of the fact that it is such a compact space that you'll some of the uh, attractions you know from Walt Disney World right. Resort in, in they're spread out between the four parks are within two parks. So Star Tours, for example, is in Tomorrowland right. in Disneyland Park. So uh, know that going in. Just kind of get the lay of the land before you go in. Uh, as far as expectations when you uh, you have arrived, uh, know the transportation and parking. You do pay to park at Disneyland if you're coming from farther away or if you are trying to drive from your resort hotel. So uh, keep that in mind. Uh, from many of the Disneyland Resort hotels, actually, from all of them, you can walk. You don't. You don't need. To, you won't need anything else. You park there. You get a ride in there. Whatever it is, and you will walk to uh, the different parks, which are really easy to get to. Right. Downtown Disney. It's very simple. Um, and you know, uh, if you go to the Grand Californian, they actually have their own entrance into uh, Disney California Adventure Park. It's their own entrance that only people that are going are at that. Uh, resort right. can go and use. So it's very simple to get in and out of uh, Disney California Adventure Park. Uh, one great thing about if you're staying at the Disneyland Resort hotels is the magic hour. And they, uh, if you know the Walt Disney World Resort, mm-hmm. you know the magic hours there. The magic hours there, whenever they're at each park, are the magic hours for all the resorts in the Walt Disney right. World. So everybody suddenly starts going to that spot. So yes, maybe it's a little bit lighter than what it would be on a normal day, but it's not really that great a bonus to you. However, at the uh, Disneyland Resort, wherever those magic hours are in the morning, it's usually the very first, an hour before opening in the morning, because there's only three resort hotels that the patrons are coming from, and it's early, so many people won't even get there right at the beginning. Uh, also, they also have some special tickets where you can get an extra, <coughs> excuse me, into that extra hour. Um, but it's really gold because there's hardly anybody in there. You can zip right. on and off attractions. You can start, as soon as you get scan your ticket, you start making fast passes uh, throughout the day so you can have those in ready to go as well. It's 
brilliant. It yes. really, really helps you out so much. Take advantage of that if you're staying at a Disneyland Resort hotel. What's next, Michelle? Well, the next part is actually getting through the gates. So one thing that, um, you know, we know what the lines are like going through security and going through, you know, the turnstiles or the gates. Um, at Disneyland, if you've been to Disney World, just remember you do need to be a little patient because it is a slower process. They don't use magic bands. Um, they are based on pictures, not on fingerprints. So that means they scan cards or paper passes. Um, and if it's the first time you're using a pass, they need to stop and take your photo. Mm-hmm. So like you could be behind several families of four, five, whatever, and everybody has to get a, a photo taken. And not that it takes a ton of time, but Again, getting your mind wrapped around what to expect can help alleviate that disappointment. So go in there knowing that the lines are going to take maybe a little longer than what you're used to. They're not as efficient as the the turnstiles at Walt Disney World, but they aren't that bad, you know. So um, they also don't have an annual pass holder line. Because if they did, it would be everybody. Because <laughs> right. almost everybody, that's the difference between Walt Disney World and Disneyland is almost everybody has an annual pass to Disneyland. So they'd almost be better having a single day ticket line. Yes. That way you breeze through if you have a single right? day ticket. <laughs> Good point. Good point. The other, uh, another thing to mentally prepare for is when you walk in and you're looking down Main Street at the castle. Okay, it's not Cinderella <laughs> Castle. <laughs> it's it, Sleeping Beauty it's Castle. It's Sleeping Beauty Castle, and it is really pretty. It's quaint, and just remember, don't you're not looking for grandeur. You're looking at history. This has been there for so long. It started it all. That's right. It started it all. Again, it's a really cute, quaint castle. Right now, it's going through renovation, and so it'll be primed pretty soon. Pretty soon. Pretty soon. Yeah, they're going to have it ready here within a month or so. They want it ready for when Star Wars Galaxy opens, actually. So when you go in, go in appreciating those facts about it and realize Yes, it's not large and grandiose as the Cinderella Castle, but it is really historic and quaint. Yeah, very much so. The other interesting thing, and I wasn't really sure where to bring this fact up, but just again, in terms of expectations, is weather has a real impact on fireworks Mm -hmm. at Disneyland. As Tom mentioned, you're in Anaheim. And so, and if you've heard news, here in Southern California, we get plagued by wildfires. (laughs) And so they really have to be very careful when it comes to high winds in our drier seasons, not to be having fireworks go off that could start major fires in the area. So, you know, it's something to keep in mind that a fireworks show could be canceled. Yeah, it does happen uh, occasionally. As a matter of fact, their their new show that they've got on um, right now, it doesn't even include fireworks during the middle of the week. They right. just do it on the weekends just to kind of curb that a little bit. So right. it's not so much disappointment and still a fun show. It actually, is a fun show. We love dancing yeah. to that one. Yeah. So why don't you tell us about Fast Passes, honey? Fast Passes at Disneyland are completely different animal again from <laughs> Walt Disney World Resort. Of course, uh, at the Disneyland Resort, uh, excuse me, at the Walt Disney World Resort, you're making your fast passes either 60 or 30 days out uh, and you can uh, every single attraction at the Walt Disney World Resort has a fast pass. Mm-hmm. You can get one for 
anything, whether it needs a, whether it has a big line regularly or not. You can do that. Disneyland, however, is different. There's only fast passes for some of the bigger attractions out there. There are several actually that are are really popular, um, like. Uh, Peter Pan's flight, right? <laughs> that actually does not have a fast pass. I so you're, know. if you want to go on that, you're either rope dropping it or waiting for a long time right. for that attraction. So just be prepared for that going in. Uh, you can just go in. You don't have to. It doesn't cost anything to get fast passes when you go in. You go in and you go to a a uh, kiosk and you'll scan your uh, your pass, your ticket, whatever you might have, and they'll give you a time. Whatever time is the next one currently available, that will be your time to come back onto that right. attraction. You know, have an hour just like you would have at the Walt Disney World Resort. Uh, so you can do that. There's no extra charge. However, I would recommend this if you're coming from out of town and you really want to go attraction heavy. They have Max Pass, which is uh, available right on your uh, mobile device, right on your phone. Right on, it's right on the uh, Disneyland app. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really easy. It costs $15 per day per guest that's using it. So just know that going in that if you have a family of four, that is going to be $60 added on for that day. <laughs> right. So be prepared for that. But it is really handy if you want to get into these attractions. Now, the one thing is, uh, I will tell you about that is don't you don't need to necessarily purchase it before you get there. For one thing, just because you have MaxPass doesn't mean you can use it until you actually scan your ticket right. into one of the parks. You need to scan your ticket. Once you do that, then MaxPass will become available for you. And then you can you know uh, pick fast passes for the attractions you want that have right. fast passes available. Now, here's what another thing I would suggest to you. You don't need to do it every single day. If you're going to be staying for a long period of time, there may be a day that you don't want to go as attraction heavy or maybe right. as a little lighter on attendance that day. So maybe the queues aren't so bad. Uh, in that case, you don't really need to spend that money. However, uh, one thing that does come with MaxPass is PhotoPass. Right. So if you plan on getting pictures taken, I would suggest that at least one of your party buys Max Pass for that day. That way it's only $15 and you can get all the photos from that day right, right into your app. So just check it out and decide for yourself. Uh, the other good thing about Max Pass is once you've done your Fast Pass, you can start making the next one right there when you're in the queue, right. the small Fast Pass queue or whatever. And uh, of course, that's also if it's a later Fast Pass after an hour, an hour and a half or two hours, depending on the attraction passes, you can make another fast pass on your app as well so really easy to work and uh, i highly suggested it especially if you're only going to be there for a couple days and really want to check everything out right absolutely you know and again we're not trying to make it sound like it's a bad park it is wonderful as long as you're prepared and you get ready for it you are going to have the Mm -hmm. best time because it is really really fabulous and and another way to prepare for that is know what your goal is when you get there you know you don't have california adventure at walt disney world so it's really not totally comparable to anything there. So that mm-hmm. you're not going to be dealing with any kind of issues of, gee, that really looks different from mm-hmm. the big house. Um, <laughs> the big house. <laughs> yeah. The big um, mouse house. Right. So, you know, one thing is to, to mentally prepare. Do you want to do, like Tom said, more attraction heavy? Or do you want to just kind of view history and, you know, some of the, the just differences about it and seeing how it is, or maybe a little both. So if you only have a short time there, you might want to focus on the different attractions. Um, and you can look them up before you arrive and, and have a plan, know which ones are fast pass and 
uh, accessible and not. If you're more interested in the story or the history behind the park, we really recommend taking a tour. And the the Walk in Waltz Footstep at Disneyland tour is really amazing. You know, they do focus on the history of how it came up, you know, and some of the important aspects of Walt's life and how it it, it is displayed there. Um, but it really is great. It's not super long, so you still have time to do a lot of other things in the park. But that's a way also to get an appreciation of something that you might have thought was going to look exactly like uh, the, mm-hmm. the park in Orlando. Um, so anyways, th- that would be something that you might want to consider is what, what is your goal? And then just really enjoy the differences of it. I mean, that's why you're there, right? You want to try something new, but it's still got Disney stuff <laughs> with it. So, you know, it's still special and it's wonderful. Yeah, it is. It's a, it's a very special place. There's a lot of history there. As we opened up the show, you heard Walt's speech there because, and that was, you know, it was pride and joy, just like he did with Snow White. He really went... Uh, you know, under trying to make this dream happen right. with Snow White and then with Disneyland. Like, they were telling him, you shouldn't do this. What are you doing? This is crazy. You're not going to make any money from this. And obviously, we know how that turned out. Yeah. And that's why Disneyland is such a special place, and you appreciate that when you're there. Right. So, now, speaking of attractions and the differences, uh, we're not going to go through all of them. That's something that I think you can enjoy when you're trying to prepare for the trip. But there are some highlights that we want to bring up. So, uh, good news for those who love the nostalgia of Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, because Disneyland still has it. That's right. (laughs) It's still wild. It's still wild. And welcome to the Himalayas. (laughs) Well, the Swiss. The Swiss Alps, but okay. Right. (laughs) The Matterhorn bobsled. So, that's a really cool ride that's only at the Disneyland Resort. Yeah, and it's actually, it is Disney's first ever mountain. It's not called Mount, you know, Space Mountain or Splash Mountain or Big Thunder Mountain, but it was the first ever mountain built at a Disney park. Uh, Really cool place. It's really special. Uh, You know, it also had some history involved, and it was the first to use the dual tubular track. It's the first roller coaster to use that, so that's history right there. Uh, And it used to be interesting. I mean, I'll just talk to you about a little bit of the history of of it as far as they used to have everyday um, climbers right. that would climb it like they were actually climbing the Matterhorn in the Swiss Alps <laughs> and they'd be up there and you'd like oh they're, they're climbing the you know the uh, Matterhorn again and they would go up there and then they would have there, there was a basketball court up there so they could kill time while they were up top of this mountain before they came down and everything. that's sweet so, yeah uh, still exists today I think probably fell into disrepair because I don't think anybody's much up there anymore but uh, really interesting stuff Right. And uh, the 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea attraction, the track is still there. They've updated the storyline in, in the display. So it's Finding Nemo Submarine Voyage, which is a really great ride or attraction for the little ones. But one of my favorite things when we're at Disneyland is especially during the holidays. Small World and Haunted Mansion overlays for the holidays are killer great. Mm-hmm. They are amazing and and so fun. And I think we really tend to enjoy those even more than when they are during the regular season. But uh, there there are a lot of fun different attractions. And so Disneyland can provide you some new fun experiences that fall within the, the realm of the Disney company. 
Yeah, I think that actually if, you, if you're planning a trip out to Disneyland at some point, uh, getting out during the holiday season, uh, getting out down during the uh, Halloween season yes. as well, because not only did they have the overlays for, of course, the Nightmare Before Christmas, uh, the Haunted Mansion uh, Haunted Holiday, uh, which is really cool, but also go to Cars Land, uh, and they just totally deck True. that out with a lot. It's really interesting. They they do it, and they say as if cars decorated for Halloween, uh, and the same thing for Christmas as well. They 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 deck it out, and it's all. Uh, Halloween decorations made out of car parts and stuff. It's really cool to check out. Super creative. And I highly recommend uh, doing that. But, I mean, really, Disneyland, uh, you, you've seen some of the decorations at Walt Disney World, and they're pretty good. The Christmas trees are excellent throughout Walt Disney World. Bang for your buck, holiday decorations, Disneyland tops it, I, to me, yes. personally. Yeah. Bang for your buck as far as space and how many decorations per space. Right, but there was that episode we had where I counted, remember I counted how many jack-o'-lanterns were in the windows just going down Main Street, and I think I had like 105 right, or something. Exactly. I can't remember what it was, but it was over 100 jack-o'-lanterns just lining the windows on Main Street, up above. Right. You know, it's yes, crazy. They it really crazy. go all out. So you should, If I would highly recommend those kind of years to, to come out for Disneyland. Right. And they have some really great photo apps right on Main Street with all these decorations. And as you mentioned, Cars Land during the holidays, whether you're, like you said, Halloween, Christmas, they are so hilarious. Mm-hmm. You, know, you go in and they're, you're just like, oh my God, how creative is that? So yeah, and that, you got to check it the out. The characters, the Cars characters, Lightning McQueen and Mater, right. they're decked, they're in, they're in costume. It's awesome. <laughs> right. I love it so much. It's so good. So it good. is great. But what are some of the other highlights that, you know, maybe not attractions that people might enjoy at Disneyland? Well, they have lots of great shows as well. Uh, our favorite show, which we hardly ever miss, it's like we go out of our way to schedule it at some point during the day. If you're at the uh, Disneyland Park, go check out Storytelling at the Royal Theater uh, with Mr. Smythe and Mr. Jones. <laughs> it's like a 20-minute show, but it's the best show you'll ever see. It's hilarious. It recaps some of your favorite movies. Usually they're doing uh, Beauty and the Beast for part of the day and Tangled for part of the day. Right. But it's it's excellent. Uh, and you also, if you if you're, if you have... Uh, fans of the princesses in there. One of the princesses will show up during that. It'll either be Belle or Rapunzel, of course. Right. So uh, fans of the princesses get a little up-close peek at their favorite princesses, yes. possibly. And it's just great storytelling, improvisation. Uh, it's just a wonderful, wonderful show. Very interactive with the audience. The audience is, is encouraged to participate as well. Um, you'll start seeing people line up ahead of time and You'll know what. Let me let me tell you. It's worth lining mm-hmm. up for because Definitely. it's great. You want to get a good seat and get in there and really enjoy the storytelling. Yeah, it's so good. It is really one of our favorite things. It's hilarious. We have seen it. We've seen each of these shows numerous times. We know it almost by heart. Right. <laughs> but it never stops us from going because it's great every single time, and we laugh. Every single time. It's so good. It is. It's so good. great. Uh, other shows that they have going on there. Mickey's Magical Map is a really interesting oh, yeah. show. With uh, They have a lot of the princesses there, a lot of the classic scenes, and Mickey Mouse, of course. A lot of the characters from many of the uh, Disney movies make right. an appearance in that. It's a really good show. Uh, Frozen, live at the Hyperion Theater. Hyperion. Live <laughs> at the Hyperion Theater is an excellent show. If you you know if you haven't been able to go catch Frozen on Broadway or now it's touring soon, we're gonna actually going to be able to watch it in San Diego here pretty soon. Yeah. 
Uh, you or on the ships? Uh, what is, is it on the Wonder now? It's on the Wonder. Yeah, I think so. It, is that it's a truncated version of the show? It's, but it's it is the movie. It is the stage show. It's magical. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. Highly recommend. Right. If you're a friend, if you're a fan of Frozen, even if you're just okay with Frozen, go check it out. It's really good. Right, and uh, they often have packages like meal mm-hmm. packages to go along to get into the uh more prime seating the nice areas. seating yeah yes. so you don't have to wait in line for hours right. or whatever but <laughs> uh also the uh at the paradise garden area over at uh, disney california adventure park there's always a lot of bands playing there uh mariachi divas are really fantastic whenever they're playing there right. but they have lots of different bands they're playing in that area and there's a lot of times during the year where they're having some sort of festival going on there's lots of different bands lots of different shows playing uh just check out your schedule lots of good entertainment throughout the parks absolutely and those shows really we can't encourage them enough mm-hmm. you know even like you're saying with the bands just checking them out because you know you can pick up some food and just sit down and enjoy the music and the fun it's it's a great atmosphere mm-hmm. love it really good really good i mean i've I've been known to, like, we've gone up and Michelle's had to go to a meeting up in L.A. Anaheim area. And so I'll pop over to Disneyland while she's at this meeting. And I'll just go solo into the uh, Frozen show, you know, just because that's how I roll. And plus you can get a much better seat and not wait in line when it's just looking for a single True. seat. So uh, take advantage of that. Very cool. And I, uh, they also have something really special that is very historic part of Disneyland, and that's with the Royal Swing Band Ball on Saturdays. That's right. I forgot about that one. That one's really cool, too. Yeah, It is. And sometimes uh, uh, on seasonally, they have it Friday evenings, too. They have a swing band come in and an area where people can dance. And it is super popular and so much fun to watch. And let me tell you, those dancers are crazy. It's just people in the audience that can mm-hmm. come in. And it really be- has a, a, almost like a cult following of people. Um, so if you're a good dancer with swing, get in the middle and dance your heart off. Otherwise, just go and watch. And it's just really fun. It kind of grew from the date night. You know, mm-hmm. Disneyland, date night Disneyland date, yeah. right? So um, it's a great tradition that they've kept on, and it's super, super fun. Yeah, and uh, you don't—I mean, you still can go dance too. You don't have to be this expert swing dancer. You can go out there and right. just uh, dance around the sides a little bit. You know, the experts usually take the center because they need a little more room because they're really good. And then you just kind of be on the side and you just kind of dance around with your sweetheart, and it's right. fun. Right, it is it's fun. And every once in a while, they'll do some lessons off to the side to mm-hmm. you know let you get a couple, you know confidence, not a couple confidence, let you get some confidence in to uh, get a few steps in. Right. And uh, of course, that's not all the entertainment coming to the Disneyland Resort. Of course, coming up soon, before you know it, we're counting down the days. I can't believe how close it is. Star Wars Galaxy's Edge opens at Disneyland first. Don't you forget it. (laughs) We're getting it first out here in Southern California. Exactly. (laughs) So exciting. That is something different to look forward to. At least for a little while, we'll have a a difference. Um, there as well so um but that's not all let's talk about california adventure park Ooh, it's gotten so much better recently over the last i don't know five ten years it's gotten so much better exactly it kind of evolved so what would how would you like describe it now like the concept behind it well of course it was devolved it was devised originally to be you know like you're in hollywood you're in california and the different parts of the area were different parts of basically California. There's a Pacific Wharf area, which is kind of like the San Francisco Wharf area. Uh, There it was what was at that point uh, Paradise Pier, 
which was kind of like the, the classic uh, pier carnival, like the Santa Monica Pier has the, this great uh, amusement park right, right on Santa Monica Pier. So it was, it's kind of like that. And, and there was a, you know, Hollywood land down there and everything. And then there's another area that had a lot to do with sort of the uh, great Redwood Forest right. and some of the outdoor Northern California areas. And that's the way it started, but it just never really caught on. So Disney looked at it and said, what can we do to change things, make things different? They started changing some things around. Uh, the biggest thing they did was revamp one area of the park into right. Cars Land. Yes. Which is brilliant. Uh, it was the first really immersive park that I think Disney ever created, at least in uh, the U.S. It really, like when you're walking down uh, through Radiator Springs, you feel like you're right in the middle of right. one of the Cars movies. Exactly. It's, it's great. Yeah, I mean, you know, we know that um, over at Disney Hollywood Studios, that Toy Story Land, you feel immersive mm-hmm. because of all the toys around and you feel like you're, you've been shrunken and stuff like that. Let me tell you, this does not compare. Cars Land, you feel like you're on the movie set of Cars and I know that can't happen because I know it's an animated movie. <laughs> but that is what you, you are just walking down the streets and everywhere you look from side to side, you are in Cars Land. Yeah, and the scale of it, it looks like if you, if you, if you go watch Cars, the original Cars, and just look at that street, uh, Route 66, going through Radiator Springs. Yeah. And just see where all the buildings are there. They are all right. there. And it's amazing. And they also have the, the three attractions they have there are three of our favorite attractions. Of course, the Radiator Springs Racers is test track only much, much better. Right. In my opinion, <laughs> yes. personally. And then they have Luigi's Rollickin' Roadsters, which is a trackless attraction. But you get on there and these cars are just it's basically dancing cars. They're all right. his cousins <laughs> from Carsley out there. And they play this great music and they dance and it's a lot of fun. And then there's uh, Mater's Junkyard Jamboree, which if you know Swirling Song, <laughs> Sponsors out at uh, Hollywood Studios out at Walt Disney World Resort. Uh, this is a, in my opinion, and I'll give it to Michelle because she's, I haven't read Swirling Saucers, but from what she said, Mater's Junkyard Jamboree is a better version of that. Mater's is a better version. Uh, it, in, in terms of concept, like you said, you know, having that movement is, is similar, except Mater, you do move around a little bit more. It's got a little bit of a whip to it. Plus, it's just so much more fun hearing Mater singing. <laughs> yes. Dead gum, dead gum, dead gum, dead gum, dead gum, dead gum. They have various songs. And as we mentioned, over the holidays, they switch up the songs that they have Halloween-themed songs and Christmas-themed songs. So you can go multiple times and get a different experience. And that's Scott's favorite ride, for <laughs> sure. Well, one of them, for sure. But that's definitely, Possibly yes. over in, uh, in California, California Adventure. Adventure. I would yes. think, yeah, that probably is his favorite for sure. <laughs> uh, you know, lots of other cool stuff that's there. They transform Paradise Pier into Pixar Pier. They have the Incredicoaster there, which is a lot of fun. The Pixar Palaram, which is the giant Mickey wheel that you've probably seen pictures of. Uh, they have two versions of cars for that. That One that swings and rides around that I won't go into. And then the ones that are just kind of more stable. And then you just get a great view of the park, which is really cool. Uh, they just opened uh, Jesse's Critter Carousel over there. And we're looking. We haven't gotten over there since they opened opened it, but we're excited to check that out because that looks beautiful. Soon is coming uh, Inside Out Emotional Whirlwind, which we're looking forward to as well. you probably have heard, of course, that was they had the first Marvel attraction in the U.S. open over there when they changed the te- uh, Tower of Terror 
into right. uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout, to, in my opinion. And, and I love Tower of Terror. Right. Uh, Mission Breakout is a an advanced version of that. Uh, it's, a, it's a lot more energetic, the music that pumps through it. Uh, plus, I'm... I'm, I'll admit, I'm a Gardens of the Galaxy fan, so right. that kind of helps too. <laughs> but uh, really exciting and really different, something to try out that's something kind of different yet the same. Exactly. And then outside there, they have the dance-off. Yes. So uh, a lot of things that you can do outside and around there. And all in all, I think they really did an amazing job of kind of definitely still sticking with the theme of California. I mean, Pixar is located in California, you know, and all these other areas that it did really improve it quite a bit to make it more entertaining. And just talking about it, I was like, why aren't we, why aren't we there, there today? Yeah, I know. Why aren't we there? <laughs> what exactly. are we doing wrong here? <laughs> we do? We're not that we far have our away. annual passes now. We could have been there today. <laughs> Oh, I know. I'm telling you, we should be there. Other things that are there, Goofy Sky School, it's kind of a little roller coaster, a fun thing. Um, but the best, one of the best things at Disney California Adventure Park is World of Color. Uh, right. Pound for pound, maybe the best Disney nighttime spectacular there is. Yeah, exactly. uh, projections on sheets of water, fire, uh, all sorts of stuff. It's just really, really well done. Um, maybe the Magic Kingdom fireworks, whatever it was, whether it's right now, uh, Happily Ever After, right. or if it was Wishes, could compare to that. Anything else that I've seen doesn't really compare to World of Color. Right. It's just brilliant. It's just brilliant, and I'm so happy it was closed for a while. We're so happy it came back just a couple months ago. Right, and that's another one where they do a holiday version as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't have fireworks, and one might think, okay, displays on water, big whoop. But no, it really is. <laughs> and what's really great is there's a lot of ways to get... Um, the best viewing areas, you know, Mm -hmm. the simplest way is getting a fast pass when you go into the park for that. And that one is not connected with other fast passes. So that one you can have and still not worry about getting other ones. It's free. It doesn't cost you anything to do that. Right. And that's different than like, if you get a fast pass, for example, at Disney world, um, for Epcot's Illumination, mm-hmm. that counts in your Fast Pass. Or Fantasmic right. Studios. So, so this one is separate. So that's really a nice feature. They also have dinner packages at several of the different restaurants and eateries there. And they also have a dessert package. And California Adventure is the park that does serve alcohol. And mm-hmm. so when you do the dessert package... Um, you can. You also get some alcohol if you so desire. If you to, so desire. And, and that's buy right. An adult beverage from time to time. Yes. That's right. Yes. So. so the other nice thing that they've done uh, in California uh, Adventure Park is that they've emphasized California wine country. Mm-hmm. Since we're talking alcohol, anyway. So um, you know, obviously that's a huge industry in the state of California, and they've really done a great nod to it. They have various places that have different. Um, where you can buy different glasses of wine to try different types of California wines. Our favorite is when we go upstairs to the tasting room. Alfresco Tasting Terrace. Right. Thank you. Um, Nomenclature. Uh, (laughs) Just so they can find it. Right. Where's that tasting room thing? I heard about it from Michelle. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways, that it's a great place. It's a great spot to just kind of go out and chill. Um, you can still look down over at the park, what's going on at the park. You oftentimes can hear Mater singing because it's really close to Cars Land. Um, but you get to try a lot of different wines. They have flights of wine that are associated with um, people or organizations 
somewhat involved in Disney. Disney Family Wines is what they call them. Right. So, for example, Fess Parker was, you know, in Disney movies and shows, and, and they have a winery here in California, so they have some of their wines featured there, as well as um, Lasseter and... Uh, Skywalker Ranch. Skywalker Ranch. Uh, uh, Kurt Russell. I was going to say Gogi. Gogi. Right. Gogi. So, um, it's, and it's Diane great. Diane Disney's. That's a right. Silverado yeah, is there as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that's a great place. They have, you know, small tasting menu there that you can have with the wine. Um, and as I said, it's a nice way to just kind of stop people watch and park watch and really get to feel, you know, a closeness to the Disney organization through great wine. They also, along with California wines, uh, they also have uh, opened up a lot of uh, the California craft brews because California's right. become uh, fairly famous for their craft brews as of uh, in the recent years. Uh, and they've opened that up a lot in and around that area too. So if you're more of a beer fan, there are plenty of beer selections True. out there as well if you're looking for that. Right. And then they also have um, the Mexican flair to a lot of their eateries. I mean, it's not the only thing they have, but they they do it really well here, um, and they have it spread out, so there's a lot of different areas. California Adventure, you do feel like you have, for the most part, a lot more room, elbow room, when you're going around. So um, it's, it, it doesn't compare to the other ones in the sense that we can't say, hey, this is like, you know, just like Disneyland is very similar in some things with uh, Magic Kingdom. Right. California Adventure is very different, and it's a park you wouldn't want to miss. It's a park that has something for all ages. It's become our favorite park out there. Absolutely. We love Disneyland Park, and for its classic, its history, its nostalgia. And, uh, yeah, if you know uh, Magic Kingdom... It, it's laid out very similar to right. Magic Kingdom. It's got the hub, Tomorrowland, Fantasyland, Frontierland, Adventureland, Adventureland, uh, Main Street, USA. Uh, yeah, it's all laid out the same, but it will be slightly different. Yes, uh, California Adventure Park is not like any other park we've been to. There are some subtleties to some of it. There's a little bit of the studios in right. part of it and right. such. Yep. Midway Mania there. Yeah, yep. um, but it's still different than in quite anything else you'll find. Absolutely, and it's super, super fun fun. And again, why aren't we there? <laughs> why aren't we there? Why aren't we there? Also, if you're planning your trip uh, coming up in the next few years, um, Marvel Land, they haven't really given it a title yet. Right. I expect we're going to get something at uh, D23 Expo this year. Uh, that is being constructed now, and I believe they plan to have that open up within, I don't know if it's 2020 or 2021. Right. But, but they, they have some exciting things. They do have uh, some more exciting Marvel stuff coming, sure. I mean, we have, of course, we just talked about Mission Breakout. They have uh, always stuff with Captain Marvel there now, with lots of meet and greets with Captain America, Spider-Man, right. the, the dance-off, all sorts of Marvel stuff going on all the time. Right, and if you want to uh, talk about tear-jerkers from our last episode, just stand and watch the um, Avengers when they're getting their picture taken with kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is so adorable. I they're mean, so interactive. They so are. Good. They are. When you see like Captain America or Spider Man, you know, talking with kids and then getting them to pose, you know, and they really do spend a few minutes with them. It's not just, mm-hmm. hey, walk up, let's do a pose, take a picture, and move along. 
they really talk to the kids, and it's adorable. It's just mm-hmm. so fun to watch. And we just saw when we were just last up there, uh, Captain Marvel. Right. She was doing the same thing. Black Panther's been there in the past. He was doing something very similar. They're all really, really wonderful with the kids and the adults too. Because I'm when I meet one of them, I'm a I'm a little kid myself. Right, exactly. Uh, and they're really interactive with the adults as well. It's really fun. Really, really fun. So yeah, so a lot of you know we're kind of hopefully gave you a taste of how to prepare for one of these episodes, you know, one of these visits to Disneyland. It's great. You know, just make sure you're prepared to see a difference and experience that and enjoy it. Yes. Uh, it's different. It's different. It's different. It's different. Be prepared for it. But it's if you come with your expectations set the right way and a good plan, uh, you will love Disneyland like we love Disneyland. Right. It, it's different, but it really is a wonderful, it's the happiest place on earth. Exactly. And it is the originator of it all. And we want you in, to enjoy it from the very first visit. Unlike me and some, my mom and some of my other friends who are like, oh yeah, gosh. I've heard many people that have been disappointed with Disneyland. Right. And, I've and, and, talked to cast members mm-hmm. at Walt Disney World who came and, and was very disappointed mm-hmm. at, at it as well. So, But it really isn't a disappointing place. It's just something to adjust it's to. It's different. Right. It's just different, but there are a lot of great things You'll to love it. it. And if you have any questions, if you want some help planning out your trip, if there's anything we can help you with, sure. of course, contact us. I told you at the beginning. I'm just going to say it again. Hyperion Adventures Podcast at gmail.com is our email address. And, of course, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Ask us questions. We're happy to help. We live in Southern California. Right. We know Disneyland pretty darn well. Uh, we can, we'd be happy to help you out. Absolutely. And um, this is the first of a two-part episode mm-hmm. because... Because next week, we're going to flip-flop it Mm -hmm. and try to help people who have only really known Disneyland Resort how to navigate and appreciate Walt Disney World. Because that can be an intimidating uh, process as well. And it could also, I've talked to some friends who have been disappointed because it is so spread out that for them to get to everything Mm -hmm. that they are used to getting through in a day might take longer. So that we are going to pick up next week yeah we're looking forward to that and like i said it's uh, both parks or both resorts de- completely different animals right uh definitely have to attack them in different ways and that'll be a fun episode as well so thank you michelle good job oh thank you good job so now let's get to something completely different you've run from foster homes in six counties i can take care of myself when you're 18 give these people a chance because that's what they're giving you. Bailey Bats. I choose you as champion. Say my name so my powers may flow through you. But I don't know your name, sir. Shazam. Wait, for real? Say okay! Shazam? You're the only person I know that knows anything about this Cape Crusader stuff. Can I? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's crazy, right? What are your superpowers? Superpowers, dude? I don't even know how to pee in this thing. Your phone's charged. Your phone's charged. What the hell? You're like a bad guy, right? Gentlemen! You have bullet immunity! I'm bulletproof. <laughs> you're dead. Sorry about your window, but you're welcome for not getting robbed. Oh, hey, what's up? I'm a superhero. 
So yes, uh, we screened Shazam this week. Now we know it's not Disney. It's from the DC Universe. It's from Warner Brothers. A little bit different, but seemed like the kind of film that some of our listeners might enjoy as well. And guess what? We really enjoyed this film. Absolutely. So we're not going to give any spoilers away here, but we're just going to talk about the film a little bit. This movie is fun. Fun, 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 and that's so rare coming from a DC film. Exactly, but it's great to have that. I mean, I think good competition Mm -hmm. among these superhero-type genres is good because it really makes makes these entities up their game with a great story, which this one was a great story. Yeah, a really great story, really great. It was bright, it was light, it was fun, it had heart. Uh, Just totally different than what we've seen from DC recently, uh, which has been a little disappointing. I always want, I mean, I grew up loving Superman and Batman and that whole crew, the the, uh, Justice League and all that. Um, I really enjoyed all that and to see it be kind of disappointing and lackluster and just kind of not very good. The tone was all wrong, but they got it right with this one. It was so good. They, They were, they were spot on and it was you know, really impressive to see, you know, I'm not going to give anything away. It was in the, in the trailer, you know, it's a, it's a foster family and the diversity in that family and how that diversity comes to really help make that movie so wonderful is, is top notch. Excellent. Uh, It was so good. Zachary Levi, uh, who you may know as Eugene Fitzherbert, Flynn Rider, of course, from so see, The Tangled. tied with Disney. Yes. Uh, he was so good in this movie, playing an adult superhero who was really a 14-year-old teenager. Yes. Uh, and just played the part excellently. It really brought back memories of Tom Hanks in Big. To Absolutely. Me. You know, and, you know, he, like you said, he was so convincing. You know, you're seeing him in a, as an adult and his playing as a, as a kid, and it's like, Oh, my gosh. I I just buy it completely. Mm -hmm. The story was good. The action, the adventure. Uh, If you're bringing young kids, it might be there's there's some foul language. It's, of course, a superhero movie. There is some violence in it. You know, it's pretty relatively tame violence, but there is violence in it. Uh, but, you know, preteen, teenagers, I, I, I think that they would enjoy this film quite a bit. Uh, just really, really good. Really, really full of heart. Uh, it's funny. They're great uh, homages. Too big within it, yes. you know, because they know that, that they're going to be compared to big. And exactly. so they knew that and they took part of that. They're also, they poked fun at the, the DC films that right. were their predecessors that, well, that we, yes. you know, some people have criticized in the past. They poked a lot of fun at that and that yes. was great. There's a great cameo in it. Uh, really good stuff. Uh, really loved it. Really right. Loved it. You know, and kind of one of the topics that we brought up uh, when we were reviewing Captain Marvel is, you know, how strong of a story that was, even, you know, I shouldn't say even though, you know, it's one of the first female roles of, you know, being the lead and mm-hmm. being really strong story that you could have flip flop and put a, a male role as that, at that, as that lead. And this, I felt the same way. But it could have been a female. It could have been a female. And I'm, I'm not trying to like get on that bandwagon or anything. I, I just want to, you know, no, just put a praise to the fact that they're writing good, strong stories. Mm-hmm. And then they're finding a good person to be in that role. But it, it could have been anybody. It's really a great origin story. And I, uh, I'm i excited for what it could come from this right. franchise in the future because it really was great. And I, I expect some big things. I gave it three and a half out of four stars, personally. Oh, at least. Yeah, I would... 
I would say I I loved it from start to finish. Oh, yeah. I, I would give it four. Um, you know, you can always find a little something to critique yeah. about the movie. A little bit movie. of CGI was a little shaky. Um, and CG with with uh, DC has always been a little shaky, and right. I saw a little of that in here, but. Um, uh, I could easily have given it three and three quarters. Uh, I don't know if I right. can give it four, but I'll definitely uh, will put it right up there. It's really good. Definitely. Really good. So. And I and I think most kids, I mean, even at the age of, you know, eight and above, wouldn't probably get bothered too much by no. some of the things, you know. Little kids might get a little scared, but yeah. it, and, it's not throughout the whole movie. It's not a big portion right. of it. Right. There are some scary moments. There is violence. Uh, these are teenagers. There is some language that some... Teenagers would throw around and some gestures and stuff like that. Right. Very, you know, it, but it's still good, good fun and humorous and light and enjoyable. And very humorous, yeah. you know. Yeah. It, it was, it really did, you know, you had a superhero dealing with a villain and you had laughter involved in it. Mm -hmm. And so it was great. Yeah, it was irreverent. It was, it was really yeah. fun. I would um, give it four. But. Yeah. Well, Michelle gives it four. I'll still give it three and a half. So you balance this out at three and three quarters. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> We'd love to hear what you thought of Shazam. If you got to see it over the weekend, uh, it was really good. We enjoyed it. Uh, we'd love to hear what yeah, your thoughts are. Yeah, go see it. it. Go see it. We suggest if you mm -hmm. haven't gone and seen it, go see it. It's really fun. Let's get to our Disney stories of the week. We always, there's so much Disney news every single week. And this is just like the others. Lots of Disney stories. Can't even get to them all. But we'll get to a few here. And I'm going to start. Uh, we're going to go. We started, we've been talking mostly this episode about Disneyland Park. Let's go back over to Walt Disney World Resort and we'll talk about a little news coming out of there. And that was one of the new stories that came out this week is that Disney After Hours will be soon featuring some of your favorite baddies at Magic Kingdom. Ooh. Uh, this coming from the Disney Parks blog. Disney After Hours has been a huge success with guests looking for the opportunity to experience the magic at Magic Kingdom Park after the sun goes down. This summer, Disney villains will add a wicked twist to wow. Disney After Hours event on night starting uh, June 6th and going through August. So that sounds super exciting. Yeah, that sounds nice fun. Nice twist to it. Uh, we're going to be out there in June, but unfortunately it just kind of falls on the wrong nights for us. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise we might have looked into doing it, but I don't think we're going to be able to do it this time. But it sounds like a blast. Uh, but if you do it, let us know. <laughs> yeah, we'd like to know. We'd like to know. Uh, more from the Disney Parks blog. Uh, this summer, Disney Villains After Hours will take on a wickedly fun villains theme with exclusive entertainment, food and beverages, merchandise, and more. And here's a taste of what the new elements are to expect. A brand new Disney villain stage show with Hades and Meg from Hercules. Well, Meg isn't a villain. <laughs> Meg a villain. Slightly. Sort of. She's Some of it. Sort of villainy, but not really. She comes out nice in the end. <laughs> Herc sways her. I know, but she starts that way. Yeah, She's... yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, Hercules uh, from Hercules will be set in the castle stage ablaze with an all-new stage show, Villains Unite the Night, which will also feature appearances by Jafar, the Queen, Dr. Facilier, and Maleficent. Wow. Yeah. Great lineup there. Great lineup. You can't, it's, uh, Disney villains, always so good. Yes. Uh, so you can also spot Maleficent the Dragon. Um, you, that is, of course, the steampunk-style dragon that you see in the parade that breathes fire hopefully it won't catch fire like it did last year <laughs> uh, but everybody loves the dragon is so happy when that made an appearance back exactly. there'll be various villain, vil, villainous villainous enhancements uh, you can discover surprising uh, villain inspired additions at Pirates of the Caribbean and Space Mountain which is interesting wow. yeah, 
little overlay there. Sounds nice. kind of cool. Uh, wickedly good food and beverage. A variety of special food and beverage offer- offerings will also be available for purchase, including tasty desserts, drinks, and dishes inspired by the Queen, Cruella de Vil, <laughs> Maleficent, Hades, Dr. Facilier, and even Emperor Zerg. <laughs> we Love meet it. again, Zerg. Uh- <laughs> I am your father. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, um, interesting stuff. Uh, you know, if you're not familiar with Disney After Hours, it's a special event that's open to a limited number of guests and offers low wait times at more than 20 attractions and experiences after the park's closing. That includes things like the Haunted Mansion, Jungle Cruise, Pirates of the Caribbean, Space Mountain, Seven Dwarves Mine Train. You can enter as early as uh, 7 p.m. And also, they, there's free uh, ice cream novelties, popcorn and some select uh, bottled drinks popcorn (laughs) and bottled drinks that are included with it so yes there's food items to purchase but you also have some free food items while you're there that's included with the price not free you have to pay a price to get in there sure yeah that's great i mean we've done various themed ones here Mm -hmm. uh, on the west coast and they do a great job of, you know, taking the same park and making it a, a little bit more uh, exciting. Yeah, we had uh, our good friend who comes on the show often, uh, Rob LeBerry, who's also host of the Jedi Temple Archives podcast, which you should check out, by the way. Uh, he went, did Disney After Hours uh, on his last trip out there and said he really enjoyed it. You know, just walking onto attractions, nice. which he really liked. So it was really great. So he recommends it. Uh, so just the price for this, it's 139 plus tax in advance, 144 the night of the event. However, if you are a vacation club member or an annual pass holder, there's a $30 discount on that. So it'll be $109 nice. for uh, if you pre-purchase that. And uh, the, cool. uh, the it goes on sale on April 29th. All the dates are on Thursdays. So you can look on the uh, Disney, well, Disney World website for the dates, but they all begin, uh, they're all on Thursday nights. So, ah. so Check it out. Exciting stuff. It is. Yes, good stuff. Staying at the Walt Disney World Resort, a new Lion King-based dining experience is coming to Animal Kingdom Park. Wow, do tell. This from the Disney Parks blog again. Uh, Get ready to experience a new dining adventure honoring some of the most majestic and endangered African animals and celebrating the beloved story of the Lion King. Circle of Flavors, Harambe at Night, offers a unique way to dine at Disney's Animal Kingdom with a family-friendly progressive dining experience drawing inspiration from the many facets of African cultures and animals. Wow. Sounds kind of cool, that right? That does sound cool. Yes. Uh, your journey begins with a welcome reception at the Wildlife Express train station and takes you on a fun-filled adventure to the train station at Rafiki's Planet Watch, then continues on to Harambe Market. Throughout the night, you'll take in sights, sounds, and scrumptious flavors in celebration of the Lion King and the big five game animals, the African elephant, the rhinoceros, the Cape buffalo, the leopard, and our host animal, the lion. Nice. Yes. Along the way, you'll have the opportunity to learn more about the importance of the big five and the challenges they face around the world, as well as how Disney is working to protect them. So dining and learning, it's That's edutainment. Edu- yeah, but you got to add the food part. Yeah, it's, it's edu... Edu-refreshmentainment. There you go. <laughs> Edu-culinary-tainment. Edu-edutainment. Take whatever you want from any of those. None of them are great. No, they're terrible. They're terrible. What would you expect from me? Honestly, seriously. 
Uh, so here's how it goes. Starting at the train station, you'll receive light hors d'oeuvres, snacks and beverages, alcoholic and non-alcoholic, uh, while enjoying acoustic music before hopping on the train to ride over to Rafiki's Planet Watch. Upon arrival, you'll be greeted with more light bites and sips. And hanging out in the train station, familiar friends will be Timon and Rafiki will be available for character greetings and a fun interactive activities for all ages. Uh, once you've finished up at Rafiki's Planet Watch, hop back on the train and get ready to venture over to Harambe Market for the main event. Uh, throughout the marketplace, you'll enjoy an array of sweet and savory dishes paired with unique beverages. Wow. Sounds really great. It does. Yeah. And fortunately, it's not going to be going on when we're there in June. So You're kidding. No, because I would jump all over this. It yes. sounds fantastic. Um, you know, interesting. Uh, you're learning. You're eating great food. Uh, it just sounds like a blast. It does sound yeah. fun. Oh, my gosh. Well, we'll have to figure out a time to right. get out there Let's and check the, that out. Start scheduling the next trip. I Let's know. go. Uh, Circle of Flavors Harambee at Night begins on July 24th, 2019 on select nights for a limited time at Disney Animal Kingdom. The price is $125 plus tax for adults, $99 plus tax for children uh, ages 3 to 9, and you will need a separate park admission. So it's on top of what you're already paying right. for. But it does sound like a so, really cool experience. Right. Like, like some of the tours or other things, only you know with some great food and drink and definitely some learning there. It's really yeah, absolutely. Great. Uh, of course, you can reserve Reserve this right now. Uh, it's all available already uh, at uh, you can, at uh, Walt Disney's reservation uh, line, which is 407-939-3463, www.dine is what it is. Or at, you can go to the Walt Disney World's Resort Dining page on their website, of course. Nice. So. Well, that sounds really exciting. I'm glad they're adding some more things for the evenings at Animal Kingdom. So, um, And they do a great job with those as well. And it kind of sounds like the... Um, what is the monorail one? The- oh, the um, the Highway in the Sky Dino Yes, yeah. yes. But this one's, like you're saying, more educational. Right, because good it's- for kids. Right. And, yeah, uh, really good stuff. Uh, I'm really That's exciting. bummed they're not starting that a little earlier because I would really like to experience that. But I maybe we're, hopefully it, it, it's successful and it carries over when our next uh, journey out to Walt Disney World, right. we'll, we'll be able to get and try that. So let's stay with food and well, actually drink at the park. And uh, some interesting news this week. Star Wars title B. Beer and wines have been trademarked by Disney for Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Wow. Yeah. Very so this, cool. This from theblast.com. <laughs> According to multiple trademark applications just filed by Lucasfilm, a subsidiary of Disney, they are locking down nine different alcoholic beverages that will most likely be served at the themed Ogus Cantina in Black Spire Outpost, go Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Right. The list of drinks include White Wampa Ale, <laughs> Gamorian Ale, Gold Squadron Lager, wow. Trendoshan Ale, Tonneray Wine, Andoan White Wine, Spice Runner Hard Cider, Carillion Red Wine, and Imperial Guard Wine. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's awesome. That is cool. I really Apparently, like that. Yeah. All the names have been mentioned at some point within the Star Wars universe. Sure. So they've actually, all these names have been referenced somewhere in the books, in the Films somewhere out there. These actually exist in canon. Wow. Uh, including uh, Tonneray wine, which was a teal colored bubbly wine that was previously produced on the planet of Alderaan. So it may be kind of scarce, actually. Yeah. yeah it might be a little pricey because <laughs> right. there may not be a lot of that left yeah, in, the, you can't in the universe. Make more of that. Yeah. <laughs> so interesting stuff. I'm um, news for. 
Galaxy's Edge, it just keeps getting better and better every week. And by the way, Star Wars celebrations this week, we're probably going to get a bunch of stuff yes. coming up this next weekend. So uh, hold on to your seats for that. Yeah. As we get closer and closer to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge opening. It'll be fun to watch that and, mm-hmm. and, and follow it through on social media, too. And mm-hmm. our good friends at Tatooine and Sons. Yeah. They are awesome. Another and great uh, Star Wars podcast. Exactly. To to, yeah. And... Uh, we can't wait to hear uh, their their feedback on what's going on out mm-hmm. there. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. So. Yeah. Let's move on from Star Wars and go to Marvel. And there was a couple big milestones that were hit this week by Marvel, including Captain Marvel hit a big box office milestone this week. This from Forbes.com. Yeah. It's official. Captain Marvel has topped the magic $1 billion Woo! mark globally at the box office. Yes, That is perfect. Yes, it's awesome. <laughs> it's great news. Uh, even though the boycott was out there, whatever, <laughs> apparently the boycott didn't quite work. Uh, boycott. Boy, what? 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 Uh, it, became the, it became the seventh biggest MCU release and the seventh one to enter the billion dollar club, obviously. Uh, next milestone before the Brie Larson sci-fi uh, superhero blockbuster ends, its theatrical run will be at $1.1 billion, uh, which will probably hit just before Marvel Studios' Avengers Endgame hits the theaters right. here in 19 days now, 18 days, depends on when you're going to see it. Right. Uh, coming up. It's exciting. They know, too. it's exciting. Ooh, so many exciting things yeah, happening. Speaking. April and May. Yes. <laughs> so much good stuff going yes. on. It's crazy, it's crazy. Uh, speaking of Avengers Endgame, uh, some fun stuff came out this week, starting when they dropped this new featurette. Infinity War was nuts. But this one is going to be your finest hour. We're in the end game now. Thanos wiped out 50% of all living creatures. These are the highest stakes that the Avengers have ever faced. This is the fight of our lives. This is going to work, Steve. I know it is. Because I don't know what I'm going to do if it doesn't. Every time you think Marvel's pulled every single trick out of the bag, actually saved the best stuff for this one. This is the end of the fireworks show, the grand finale. The storytelling is insane. You just don't know what you expect. I guarantee you there is no way anybody could guess what's going to happen. We're the Avengers. We got to finish this. Tickets on sale now. (laughs) And that was the key right there, right at the end. They dropped that featurette. Tickets were on sale now, and boy, did they go on sale. (laughs) Holy cow. Uh, This is just a note from Entertainment Weekly. Uh, Pre-sale tickets opened up for Avengers Endgame this week, and just like that, Uh, I see what you're doing there, Entertainment (laughs) Weekly. Fandango's box office record was broken. Avengers Endgame managed to rack up more first-day pre-sales than any other film in the company's history, beating out the previous chart topper, which was Star Wars The Force Awakens. Wow. And it only took them six hours to do it. Crazy. Six hours. I know it wasn't easy. I know a lot of people were having... (laughs) Let's get into that. So not only did they break records, they broke the internet, or at least they broke Fandango, um, <laughs> because uh, 
Fandango had all sorts of problems. They had an online outage. Uh, people had to wait for sometimes an hour for tickets. There were lots of crashes. AMC Theater's ticket sales page also failed at many points. Uh, so did Regal Cinemas failed at many points. That's how many people were flooding these websites to get these tickets. That's how exciting people are to see this film. Right. I heard so many, I shouldn't say so many, I heard a couple of sad stories. People had something and then oh. it crashed and so they had to so start over. I know. <laughs> but I mean, every, everybody I talked to did manage to get through. Right. But it, it was kind of interesting to see just how intense uh, that whole effort was to get tickets. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm lucky we got up early that morning right. and saw this thing drop, and I was able to get in very quickly and get ours secured because we're ready now. We're ready to go. Uh, there's, like we said, there are going to be tons of people going. The speculation right now is that this film globally in its first weekend could rake in more than $800 million. Some people speculate that it could come very close to the billion-dollar mark on its first weekend globally. That's a bit of a stretch. I don't think it's going to hit that. But it could even just the fact that it's going to come close to that is amazing. This film is going to be nuts. Um, Yeah. And we couldn't be more excited. I know. Oh, so it's coming up here 18 days away, 19 days away, depending on 18 days if you're going on the Thursday night, 19 days if you're going when it's actually listed as happening April 26th, of course, the weekend or whatever. But it's exciting and we're looking forward to it. So that's the Disney stories of the week. Exciting stuff coming up here over the next several weeks. These next couple months are going to be bananas. Right. B-A-N-A-N-A-S, bananas. It's going to be crazy good. Wow, that's so impressive, honey. Yes, I know, right? Right. (laughs) So proud of you (laughs) so good thank you i can spell banana because i know a silly little song let's get to our vacation tips of the week of course we always wrap up our show with some sort of tip to help you out uh whether you're going on vacation whether you're going to the parks whether you're doing run disney by the way congratulations to everybody who did the rival run star wars half and all this rival run races this last weekend dvc duo we saw your pictures out there we love you guys good job with you guys uh that is awesome everybody out there the did this race, especially the guys that had to suffer through the 5K when there was all that weather in the morning right. and lightning and they had to run Wind. to buses and everything. <laughs> and then you had to run through a really soggy course. I mean, it's a, a 5K, you know, is not the longest, it's the shortest of the races out there outside of the kids' races, but that seemed like it might have been the most troublesome and the toughest to right. get through. So good on all of you. Yeah, Congratulations. Congrats. We're jealous that we weren't there this year. We yeah. went there last year. We're jealous we weren't there this year. Hopefully we're going to get to a race soon. Anyway, congratulations. Uh, so let's get quickly. Of course, we always go for tips first to Michelle because her tips are always the best. Mm. Plus, she's beautiful. She's <laughs> wonderful. She's the sweetest, kindest person you'll ever meet. And she just glows. And she spreads pixie dust wherever she's Tinkerbell. She spreads pixie dust wherever she goes. <laughs> I'm very lucky. Thank you. So honey. quickly, let's get to Michelle's tip of the week. Well, thank you. Uh, so sticking with the Disneyland theme, um, wanted to talk about you know Tom mentioned the uh, early hours if you're staying at a Disneyland resort, but if you're not, you can still arrive early to the park that's not having the early start, like for rope drop, and that really increases your chances of getting on your favorite ride like Radiator Springs Racer a couple times at least before the park really starts hopping. So what we would recommend is head over there as soon as the park opens, as soon as race uh, rope drop takes place, head right over to Radiator Springs Racer. And that's because 
fast passes, as we mentioned, you don't even get to start to reserve until the park opens. So at the beginning, there aren't any fast passes that they're using at that time. So there is no other line ahead of you. Mm-hmm. And the other tip to do is, especially if you're not alone, if you're with some other people, have one person go get fast passes for a little later in the day for everybody in the party while everybody else goes in the line, and then they can join up with you in line. And that really can help you get through some of those favorite, maybe harder to get um, attractions early in the morning. And you know, some of those things like Radiator Springs Racer, those fast passes do go away, you yeah. know, before midday. Midway through the day, they'll be gone. Yeah, they're gone. They're not available anymore. So that's really the one time that you can get in there and get an extra opportunity to go on the ride at least one time, if not a couple times, and then have a fast pass for later on. Yeah. Um, how we like to attack it a lot of times when we do rope drop at uh, California Adventure Park is that we will go and one of us, usually Michelle, will run over to, we, we love doing Midway Mania, right. uh, Toy Story Mania. So Michelle will run over there. I'll run over to Radiator Springs Racers, get our fast passes and meet her there. And then usually, uh, because most people are heading to this Racers or a couple of other things, Soarin', uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Mission uh, Breakout, Breakout, that's another one you might want to hit at, at Rope Drop if possibly, sure. but they're heading there too. We will go. We love uh, Toy Story Mania, and we'll go there, and we'll hit three or four times. We'll go on it three or four right. times in a row because you can just walk right on, walk right back off, right. like three or four times in a row, and then it starts. the line starts to actually build, and then you go, and usually it's your fast pass time for the racers, or you can go uh, do something else, but uh, that's kind of the way we attack it often. Not always, right. but a lot of the times we like to do it Right, that we do that, and then what we love too is going to Flows mm-hmm. V8, and having a really nice breakfast there. And the, and there you can go sit and watch the racers mm-hmm. as well. It's just a fun atmosphere. Flows is one of our favorite places oh, for food. Yeah. And, uh, we, 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 matter of fact, a lot of times when we're leaving... You know, so we have annual passes, and we live in Southern California. Sometimes we don't we don't necessarily need to go from rope drop till fireworks. Right. You know, we will sometimes leave in the afternoon as and when the park gets busier and we're not getting any more attractions and stuff. So we'll actually pack up dinner from Flows and bring it home with us. Yeah. Uh, because it's really really good food. We really enjoy Flows a lot. Right. You can get it to go. Mm-hmm. You can you can mobile order it first of all, um, and so you can get over there and just pick it up mm-hmm. and then head out. And, and know that you're taking a little bit yep. of Disneyland back with you home. Mm-hmm. Just a little more joy as you go That's on. right. But again, most of you who are traveling there won't be doing something like that. Although if you have a hotel and you want to just take some food yeah. back to the hotel room, just know you can get Disneyland food to go. And, right. And sometimes it makes it easier than trying to order something in or finding something from around the area or whatever to just take a little stuff sure. from the park with you into the room in the evenings, depending on like, if you have little ones that aren't going to stay up too late or if you're taking a break in the middle of the day, whatever the case right. may be. So. And, and, you know, you can check your hotels might have microwaves or mm-hmm. little refrigerators and things like that, too. So Right. And, you know, if you're obviously if you're at some of these places, like the Disneyland Resort hotels, all have their own, uh, you know, quick service food places True. and stuff. But some of the other smaller ones, if you're staying at some of the good neighbor hotels, they don't necessarily have food for you during the day and room service, whatever. Uh, so if they don't have that, it's another option for you. Anyway, right. uh, that's great. Michelle's tip. Always the best tips. Oh, you're so sweet. My tip is going to go back to, not Disneyland, I'm going back to where we just were a second ago, to Marvel. And now, Ooh. as we mentioned, we were we we're only 18 or 19 days as of today, as of recording this episode, away from the 
uh, release of Avengers Endgame, which is basically going to wrap up the Avengers saga. It's going to wrap up the first three phases of Marvel. It's going to wrap up just over 10 years of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So there's oh, a lot with Yeah. There's a lot within it, but it's this is a big, big moment. And I want to tell you, like, we've started doing this. Um, I would suggest you might want to do this. I know many others are out there doing this, and that's rewatching some of the films right. leading up to this. Now, the best way to do it is to watch them all, <laughs> and even some of the lesser ones that aren't as good. Watch them all. 21 films. It's about 56 hours worth of watching. If you want to get started tonight, you can do it before, whenever, depending on when you're actually screening uh, Avengers Endgame. You may have to double up a couple movies on a day or so, but you can do it if you really want to. Or you can do the AMC thing. They're doing a marathon of all of them where they're doing 59 straight hours of Marvel films. Uh, But I don't necessarily want to be in a theater for 59 straight hours because I can imagine after about 26, that that theater's got to be, you know, people eating theater food and, you know, maybe taking showers or some sort of little bath in the bathroom or whatever. It's going to be pretty ripe in that theater. (laughs) I'm not sure if I could do that. I couldn't sit in one of those theater chairs for 59 hours, but if you can do it, more power to you. Right. You're awesome. Pretty exciting. Uh, it's really interesting. But you can still do it at home. There's, if you have the movies, they're available in lots of different places. You can rent them. They'll be popping up a lot of places on uh, free TV, on you know, like uh, on FX, and uh, I think Sci-Fi, Sci-Fi. is showing mm-hmm. them. Some of the other channels are showing them regularly now. You'll see some of them there. They're on demand. You can purchase them for rent or whatever. They're going to be all over the place. Here's what I would suggest as far as if you're not going to go watch them all. Um, what you might want to go about seeing them. If you want to see most of the films, the better ones, the ones that are important to leading into Endgame, here's kind of the order that I think, or what you should watch anyway. Uh, This is 14, maybe 15 films that I would say you can watch, probably nine or must watch if you have this much time to do it. Right. So this is the order I would go, and I would go with the original Iron Man. It started it all. Mm -hmm. None of this would exist without Iron Man succeeding, in my opinion. So that you should watch. Uh, Captain America, the first Avenger. Right. Leads right into the Avengers, which is the next one you should watch. Then Captain America, the Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy, Avengers Age of Ultron. You can also watch Ant-Man if you want. You can skip that one, but I would suggest it just so you can kind of know the character and where that starts off with. Uh, Captain America Civil War. Definitely watch that one. Uh, You can, uh, it's up on your, up to you on whether you want to watch these next two. Doctor Strange and Spider-Man Homecoming. Important for their character development. Important so you know those characters. Uh, but if you don't have the time, you could skip those. Thor Ragnarok, I think, is one you should watch because right. it's different. Uh, there, there's some lead write-ins to uh, Avengers Endgame and, of course, Avengers Affinity War. Right. You might want to watch that one for sure. Black Panther. Um, I would always suggest watching Black yes. Panther, but it, it's up to you and whether you want to watch that going into that. Definitely have to watch Avengers Infinity War. Yes. No question about that. And if you want to get it out to the theater, if you haven't seen it already, if you want to watch it again, Captain Marvel is still out there. You could watch that one if you want to. I don't right. think it's really super important, but you could. Uh, you, somewhere in there, you can also throw Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. I kind of left it maybe off. You don't necessarily need to see that. I don't think right. it's... There are some things that tie into this, but not directly, but if you want to throw them in. Right, not, not as much, but it is a great movie. Right. And I was glad you didn't mention Iron Man 2. No, no, there's <laughs> several that I can leave <laughs> off of there, but uh, like I said, if you want to watch them, I they all play a part within this universe and building to where we are now. 
So watching them all wouldn't be a horrible thing if you have that kind of time on your right. hands. Now, here's what the, I would say the bare minimum is if you want to get into this film and maybe watch, I'd say you can watch eight films, maybe five don't misses to get you ready for Avengers Endgame. Right. So here's how I go. Iron Man, as I said, it started it all. Right. Watch Iron Man, the original Iron Man. Uh, Captain America, the first Avenger, I think is kind of important, but you could skip that one if you really right. wanted to. The Avengers, definitely. Uh, Captain America, the Winter Soldier, right. definitely. Guardians of the Galaxy, maybe, maybe not. You can do that one. Maybe, maybe not. Right. Avengers Age of Ultron, maybe, maybe not. Right. You can skip that one if you really want to. Uh, Captain America, Civil War, definitely. Yes. And of course, Avengers Infinity War, definitely. That's the bare bones. Right. I think you know, those are the films you need to see going in. So, And then you can watch them in whatever order you want. I just listed them by their release date. Right. But they're chronologically kind of in a little different order. There's all sorts of websites that show you if you want to follow it that way. Uh, but I kind of like them by their release date. I think they're yeah. released with a, uh, on dates with an intention. Involved. Right, so, sure. Yes. Uh, that's kind of the way to go. Well, so that's, that's a good idea. Yeah, so that's why I'm just gonna, giving you my quick tips on nice. uh, how to get set for Avengers Endgame because we're very excited Ooh, about that. Yes. Oh, that was Those are great ideas of how to, how to manage getting you ready and geared up. I mean, if you're not excited already, but really help um, kind of some of the little things too get forgotten or missed mm-hmm. and it's good to have the refresher yeah, on those yeah and they, like i said everything that's been done in this marvel cinematic universe ties into where we are now there's right. little pieces maybe they aren't big pieces in some of these films uh but there are little pieces that have led us to where we are now it's all connected the only thing i think is uh, would be also a, kind of a good one to watch is ant-man 2 yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I think that's I, actually. Yeah, have... You're right. I I missed that. Ant Man and the Wasp should be in there. Right. Ant Man and the Wasp. Yeah. As a um as a definite maybe. Yeah, watch. I think that might have some. You're right. Some components that maybe. are going to play into um yeah. end game. Yeah, it's a definite maybe watch. It's not yeah. one of the ones where I would say it's a definitely you have to watch that one, but it's a definite maybe for sure. And we'll see after the movie. We will see. It's exciting stuff. <laughs> yes. Yes. So that's it for this week. Next week, we, we talked about it earlier. We're going to be reversing today's talk today topic. Today, it was Disneyland for the Walt Disney World Resort fan. Next week, it's going to be the Walt Disney World Resort for the Disneyland fan. Anybody who's used to Disneyland, we're going to tell you how to approach going to the Walt Disney World Resort. Right. Because again, we want you to have a marvelous time right from the Mm -hmm. beginning. These places are so cherished and we love them. We know you love Mm -hmm. them. And this is just hopefully a way to help you enjoy them even better, especially if you haven't experienced one of the other parks. Yes. No question about that. Uh, So that's going to be a lot of fun. And that'll be more on me because... I'm the one who was the Disneyland fan who went to the Walt Disney World Resort for the first time, whereas Michelle was more of the Walt Disney World Resort fan today right. who came to the Disneyland Resort for the first time. So, so. I won't take over again. Yeah. I won't be Iago yeah. and take It was very over. good. You did a great job with that. <laughs> Uh, we're also screening Disney's Nature's Penguin, so we'll have a review for that. I don't know if we have to worry about spoilers for Penguin, but right. <laughs> um, we, will be, we will be checking that out this week as well. And, of course, there's lots of big news coming out this week. Uh, Disney Plus uh, is being showcased for investors this week. We may have a lot of information about Disney Plus right. coming out. That's on Thursday, the 11th. Uh, and then, of course, Star Wars Celebration 2019 in Chicago starts on Thursday, the 11th as well. There's going to be lots of Star Wars news that's going to come out this week regarding Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, Episode 9, and we think we're getting a trailer and a title probably, uh, stuff as far as 
new shows that might be coming on Disney Plus, Clone Wars, yes. Clone Wars Saves, um, maybe some of the new television shows coming to T- Disney Plus, video games, all sorts of stuff is going to be coming out of Star Wars Celebration, and we will be talking a lot about that as well. Yeah, it's exciting news. I feel like we just keep saying that, but it is. It yeah. really is a lot of exciting things. It's a great time to be a Disney fan. Yes, it definitely is. Disney, Star Wars, Marvel, it's a great right. time to be a fan. And by the way, we talked about our friend Rob LaBerry earlier in his Jedi Temple Archives podcast. He's going to be doing some regular stuff uh, about what's happening at Star Wars Celebration. So if you want to check out his podcast, subscribe to it. Uh, he'll have lots of information coming out uh, during the days as they go on. So if you're like at work and you miss some of it, he'll be recapping a lot of that. So check him out for that for sure. Right. And, you know, his podcast is, I really appreciate it because it gives the novice or moderate novice um some really great info to help appreciate the movies Mm -hmm. the you know the storylines and the characters so do check out his podcast right also also, uh, tatooine and sons is one of our other favorites we mentioned them earlier too uh it's a father and his two uh, uh, i think they're one's a teen and one's uh he's either a teen now or still a preteen but he's pretty close but it sees it from three different uh kind of perspectives at star wars and the first and that's a really good one too highly recommend and they're going to be at star wars celebration so check them out as well they'll have a lot of stuff great great guests coming right. onto their show. They'll have so. some great stuff coming Yay, out. Yay, Kaz. Yeah, <laughs> So that'll be a lot of fun. So check both those podcasts out for sure. Subscribe, subscribe to them both. Um, they are good friends of ours and we love them both. Yes. So uh, That's it for us. Uh, follow us in the future. We, we'll have some stuff putting out there about Star Wars Celebration, Disney Plus, all that stuff as well this week. But we have, also have a lot of fun on social media. So check us out just for fun on social media at Twitter, at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook and Instagram, at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. And if you ever want to contact us, ask us questions, give us some input, uh, just say hi, whatever, uh, you can email us at HyperionAdventuresPodcast at gmail.com. Yes, and again, we love hearing from you, and we love the interaction on Twitter. It's always fun because we have different kind of styles of what we're tweeting out there. Yeah, you can sometimes see the difference between the two of us, whoever's on Twitter at the time. (laughs) You know, hopefully people are uh, enjoying that as well. Yeah, lots of fun there. Um, You found us today, of course. You you can find us in the future on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. The best way to get us is to subscribe to us. We'll come right to your phone, right to your device whenever we have a new episode, and you'll know we have a new Hyperion Adventures podcast waiting for you. And if you have a time, just please give us a quick rating. You're just going to click on the stars. And if you have a little more time, uh, give us a review. It really helps others find this podcast and even better than that even easier than any of these things just tell your friends about us you know tell tell them that uh, you like this podcast and they might be interested in it as well exactly so that's it thanks again for joining us on the Hyperion Adventures podcast we look forward to sharing some more time with you again next week but until that time I'm Tom I'm Michelle and we hope that you have a magical week